What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. I ever excited for today. Ah, let's get into it. Previously a longtime Tinder employee, today's guest has ample experience in the dating field, both personally and professionally, with countless bad dates, blocked numbers that led her to decide to stop settling and enjoy the in-between. Julia is the host of the popular Pretty Much Done podcast, where she welcomes experts, authors, and celebrities who have experienced love and loss and who are pretty much done settling for anything less than what they deserve. At 30 years old, Julia went viral for showcasing a day in her life as a single woman with no kids. But then political commentator Matt Walsh shared her video calling her life meaningless because it doesn't revolve around a growing family. His commentary and the ensuing dialogue from conservative media sparked a firestorm. Yet thousands of women flooded to Julia's DMs with their own stories on how they live life on their own terms and timeline as they praised her. Julia has since continued to build a platform around societal expectations placed on women by family, religion, work culture, and more. Her content focuses on normalizing and romanticizing life as a single 30-something. Please welcome Julia. Julia Mazer, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have a guest on that has a very different life experience than me, yet I think we have some cool little intersections, and I'm excited to sort of hear your story. Thanks, Sarah. I'm so excited to be on. And I love like our kind of differing paths, but I do think that we have similarities for sure. Yeah, I think both of us just have a heart for letting women live the life that they want to live and on the terms that they are on, whether it's going through divorce and remarriage or whether you get married young and have the big family or whether you live the single life and find actual joy in that too. But let's kind of go back to the beginning How did you get into creating content the way that you do that really highlights sort of the in-between or maybe it's not in-between. Maybe this is like a a fully fulfilling life as a single woman. Uh, Tell me about that journey to talking about that online. 
Yeah. I mean, I think like it would stem from going back to how I was raised. So I grew up in LA in a Russian Jewish household. I'm first generation American. My parents immigrated. And a lot of the rhetoric that I was hearing from family and friends were you should get married and have kids. And kind of that's the the path that you should pursue. And I found myself trying to pursue that path because I felt like everyone around me was doing it. It was what I was hearing. And I kept finding myself in these like good on paper, safe relationships. And I felt deeply unfulfilled. Mm. And I just felt like I wasn't in love with these people. I was checking off of a, a box to appease other people. And, you know, I found myself thinking like, is the, so this is it? Like, this is the end of my life. And I decided to kind of take matters into my own hands. I um, started my podcast. I started my social media content and started to talk to people about my life and realize that there isn't a one size fits all approach for people. I think it's lovely that people get married young. I My best friend met her husband in, in high school and I think that's wonderful. My sister got married at 25 and has a beautiful family. But for me, it's a different path and I mm. feel deeply fulfilled by my career. You know, I worked at Tinder for six years. I loved helping people with dating and, and marketing a, a dating app. I feel deeply fulfilled by the conversations I'm having on my podcast. I get to travel. I get to live my life. And I realized that my path and my journey is kind of unfolding as it's supposed to. And I'm not trying to control what's meant to be by settling down and having kids because society is telling me that that's what I should be doing. Yeah. And let's be real. There's a lot of people who did that. There's a lot of people who settled and are now in that reality too. And I do find whenever I see these conversations come up, especially around like being child-free or, you know, being fulfilled in a life without kids or without marriage or just being single, it, I just realize every single time I see it, it's like entering this like dome of competition. And I find it so bizarre. And I wonder if you have anything sort of to say into the fact that like we're not in competition with each other. There's no better or worse. But how do we get out of somebody else being fulfilled in their life is not a direct competition or telling us that our life is somehow less than or unfulfilling because we have a different path. Yeah. I mean, I went on this whole like therapy, self-love, self-healing journey. And so I'm a huge proponent of like therapy and feeling fulfilled in that way. And so I think that really like it's it, it stems from within, like when you are deeply fulfilled with your life and happy with how it is, you're no longer projecting you should be doing this onto someone else. Like I'm not telling other people that they should be single, that they should live life how I'm supposed to live it. It works for me. It may not work for everyone. And I think that that's kind of what we have to think about. Like, you know, if someone's spewing a hate comment on me on my uh, TikToks and saying like, you will die alone and you're never going to be happy and you're miserable and you have wrinkles and whatever your life, you're an alcoholic, whatever they say to me. I, I like urge them to like look within and, and think about like where that's coming from, mm. because I think that that's coming from within and, and those projections, you know, are, are, it's just like, it's, it's a, it's a call to look deep within because how people are living their life shouldn't impact you. You should be feeling really happy with your decisions and your choices and loving your life. Yeah. And I, and I often wonder where, these comments stem from and if it comes from people who may be deeply, so deeply aligned with their only being one path, this sort of like cookie cutter life 
and then feeling very weaponized when it didn't fulfill them. I mean, there's so many different messages like that. I've gone through it, whether it was like living the cookie cutter life, whether it was losing weight to find happiness, only to get to the other side of the quote unquote rainbow and realize it's not a pot of gold at the end. It's just more stuff to work through. It's more realization of having to sort of discover yourself through these things. And I'll tell you, this is why I think your message is so powerful and so important because it's not just about the single woman not settling down and all of that. But when I was married and I knew that that marriage was not good and was not something that I was going to be long-term fulfilled in, that I entertained the idea of leaving year after year after year, what held me back was not knowing how to be alone, was not knowing how to find fulfillment in quiet, not knowing what I liked, not knowing how to take myself out on a date, not knowing how to spend an evening inside without constant relationship appeasing me. And that was like a really big learning lesson while I was single. Maybe it wasn't very long in the timeline of life, but I found that that was so, so important because it helped me the next time I chose a partner to make sure it wasn't somebody that was filling a hole for me or my second half, as we often say, but somebody who came and complimented my whole self. Somebody that came into the picture that was not there to fix me, but was there to be with me, that was there to be a partner. And so coming from both ends of the spectrum in two very different relationships and why I feel it's so important for us to take things so individual because I could have easily written off marriage for the rest of my life based on one experience with it. Now I have a very different one. And the thing in between was figuring out how to be alone and figuring out how to be fulfilled in something that was no longer fitting the mold of what society had given me to live out. And so I think your work is so, so important for everyone, whether they're in a long-term relationship wanting to get out, whether they're in a long-term relationship and wanting to be in it, but find themselves in it, or whether they're single, not wanting to settle down or wanting to make like good decisions for themselves in pivotal times. I think it's important to see that you can be fulfilled in any of these situations on your own. But I want to talk about what sort of happened with Matt Walsh, because you're sort of a like newer on the scene talking about this stuff for someone that big and influential to take your story and use it as a weaponizing tool against women. How did that feel? Because I'm sure you went through a few emotions when it first happened. And like, were you okay? Were you immediately angry? Were you immediately shocked? What was that emotion when you woke up and was like, oh my God? Yeah, it was a roller coaster ride of emotions. So I had 7,000 followers on TikTok at the time. Oh, I posted wow. a video. Yeah. And Matt, for, for comparison, Matt has 2.4 million followers on Twitter. And so I posted a video just talking about my day as a single woman. I had just gone to the Beyonce concert. I was a little hungover. I woke up at mm-hmm. 10 and immediately the commentary was super positive. People were like, yes, I see you. This is me, all of that. And then the next day I started to get this barrage of hate and it almost felt like how I, how I tell people that it felt like was like 500 people walked into my apartment and started punching me. Like mm. just negative comment after negative comment. And that's when I realized I didn't even know who Matt Walsh was. Someone commented saying that Matt Walsh posted my uh, video to his Twitter. And so I deleted TikTok and I I was nervous. I was scared. I told my family I was nervous. You know, my address is out there. I, I got scared. 
And so I went to the beach. I I just like tried to like recenter myself. And then an old friend of mine from college had, she has kind of a, a Twitter platform and she tweeted like giving people an explanation as to why I created that content, who I am, what my platform is about. And it felt like the tide kind of turned mm. and like Mark Cuban came to my defense and like so many wonderful people came to my defense and it felt like safe again to get on yeah. the internet. But it made me realize like throughout this whole ordeal, I used to think that this is this pressure that I felt to get married and have children was just a cultural thing. I thought, oh, this is like traditional Russian Jewish, Russian Jewish values. And I realized that this isn't, this is a societal thing. This mm. is, if someone like Matt Walsh and, you know, Candace Owens and, and Stephen Miller and all of these people are saying that my life is meaningless because I'm not married and I don't have kids, then I felt like really, really compelled to, that this is an important message that I need to tell people because I do feel deeply fulfilled and I've worked really hard to feel deeply fulfilled. I, you know, I take myself out on dates. I, I've done the therapy, I've done the self-work. And so it made me realize that like, this is, this is sort of my purpose of mm. making it okay to not have kids and, and, and not be married at 30. Like, do I want that someday? Absolutely. Mm. Um, is it okay that I don't have it today? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you sort of spoke into what it's actually like when people sort of like group attack you that way. Or even if you get like a single troll comment, because I think everyone just thinks that we all have thick skin and that we're just fine. And I I'm 15 years in and it still fucking sucks every single time. It really, really sucks. But it only sucks until the fire in your belly gets ignited and you're like, wait a second. This is why I need to do this. Like this is this is my purpose. Like it really returns to you in a way that like your fight is bigger now because people <laughs> opposed your message in a way that was so loud and so strong. And I think sometimes we get sort of in our bubbles of what we feel is reality. We have these supportive followers and everyone's sort of like, yes, hell yes, we're validated in what we're saying. And so when the opposition comes around, it's sort of like a grand stage of devil's advocate, right? You get to fight your point and you get to fight your point by merely continuing to exist in joy and gratitude for the life you live and being fulfilled in where you are. They can't touch that. And I think that the more that we, they could have easily, like that could have easily just put you out and been like, no, I'm, this is not the world for me. I can't do this. And that would have been so fair because it's not okay that anybody, especially the fact that they targeted somebody that was like a new creator too, to yeah. me just says that like, they didn't think that you were going to get up and fight. They didn't think that they were going to do this. I have another friend who recently came forward with her story of being child free and like making that decision. And they did the same thing to her and they just did everything they could to sort of rip it apart, rip apart these ideologies. And she was like, this isn't doing what you think it's going to do. Like, it's just going to make me talk about this more. And I think that that's what I love so much about the woman, the, the what is, I don't even know what the saying is, but like, you just, you can't get knocked down at that point. Like it's going to suck and there's going to be moments, but it really like returns you to your purpose to keep going. So talk to me a little bit about the podcast, because now you've had the opportunity to take this conversation and make it bigger. What made you think go from just doing TikToks about your life and wanting to sort of explore talking to celebrities, talking to like notable people about their love stories and their realities through like dating and what fulfills them? 
Yeah. So honestly, a lot of people are like, oh my God, she found this opportunity with the Matt Walsh thing and she's writing and making her personality. I launched my podcast a year ago. I launched my podcast before all of this happened because I felt like everyone, like I, I felt this story of like, you know, I'm pretty much done listening to societal noise and I don't want to succumb to these pressures. And so I, and I worked at Tinder for six years, you know, yeah. dating and relationships. It felt like something, you know, when you, you're trying to find your purpose and you're, you're thinking about like, what is it that I do when I'm not working? Like what, mm. what am I, what do I find myself doing? And, and you probably found yourself like connecting with people. I found myself connecting with people about dating and relationships. I was yeah. the girl that everyone would call and say like, can you help me with my uh, dating profile? What should I text back? Can you, can you be my ghostwriter for like this guy that I'm dating? And so I, I felt compelled to start my podcast. I felt when I was in a lackluster relationship in COVID, I turned to podcasts to feel less alone. And I remember I was listening to uh, Life with Mariana Hewitt, Mariana Hewitt's podcast, and she had Jen Atkin on, the celebrity hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And Jen was on and she was saying, you know, I tell all my girlfriends that a breakup is just one weekend of moving your stuff out of his place and that or is out of your place and that's it. And it's just one weekend and you rip the bandaid off and you're done. And I had this like moment of being like, oh my God, I think I can do it. I think I can move out of this house. And I later, you know, thought about it and I was like, if I can be that moment for someone else where they're yeah. contemplating being in a lackluster relationship, they've settled in some ways. If I can be that moment where someone's listening and they feel a little less alone with the, you know, their AirPods in, I want to be that moment for someone else because mm. life is like so wonderful. There's It's so much bigger than we think and we can have so much more and you don't have to suffer in this kind of like shitty relationship. So I've had like yeah. amazing people on. I had this woman on Anna Klutz who had a similar story to you yeah. where she got married super young and then she got divorced at 30 and moved to Paris. And now like the love of her life is a guy who lived in the same building as her. And yeah. how wonderful is that? You know, you, you think that divorce is this really scary thing, but her life is bigger and better and more full for it. And she's living mm-hmm. in Paris, like dancing ballet on the streets. Yeah. So I just, I just wanted to make people feel less alone and hear these stories of other people, you know, not settling in their lives and also like learn the lessons from experts of how do I deal with anxious attachment? You know, how do I handle ghosting? All of that. Yeah. Oh, as you were talking, I sort of like had this moment of aha where I was like, wait a second, there's a big reason people are trying to squash your conversation. And it's because there's a lot of people, a lot of men, especially leading very mediocre relationship standards. And they don't want women to be good on their own because then that requires them to step up and be better partners. And it's easier to keep women thinking that they can't live a life on their own, that they can't be fulfilled, that they can't leave that relationship and that they will be miserable to do so. Like the, when you realize the why, like I'm just, I'm just speculating, of course, but when I think about it, I'm like, what would be the motivation to get so mad about somebody else living that life? And that's because I believe it has a direct impact on their behavior in relationships and their ideals and their behavior and this like the patriarchy ultimately, right? But also the way that women will perpetuate the patriarchy so strongly. I've been noticing that more and more just about how much women, and that's sort of why I asked that question at the beginning, why we get so 
combative against each other for our individual life paths or individual life choices, when it doesn't directly impact us, it just impacts what we were told was the most valuable parts of us. We're told our bodies are valuable. We're told our reproduction is valuable. We're told that being a wife is valuable. And if you look at the different reasons that women get pictures of themselves, like they or have celebrations, they're always around engagement, marriage, babies. And there's not a lot otherwise. Like there's not rings for that. There's not cakes for that. There's nothing celebrating otherwise where men sort of get like these triumphant moments multiple times throughout their lives, it seems to me. And women are sort of the biggest benchmarks you can make in your life are these societal things, right? So I do think like it begs to peel the onion back a little bit more and go, why did they choose to attack this message? What benefit did it make to them? And at the end of the day, it made a benefit to basically allow them to be mediocre in the relationships that we they were potentially having. I don't know. Only Matt Walsh can answer that question. Only they can like know and speculate about these things. But I mean, it's not easy to navigate that. And it's not easy to encourage women to boldly live their lives when there's people who are openly willing to bully others in order to get their point across. And that's essentially what happened and is and is truly unfortunate. Hi, I'm Mari Llewellyn and I'm the host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. A couple of years ago, I went through a huge transformation. And although I got a lot of attention for losing weight and discovering my passion for weightlifting, there was a lot more to that before and after than what a few pics could ever capture. On the Pursuit of Wellness, you can expect tons of information from experts about optimizing your body and mind. I'll also be sharing some triumphs and struggles from my own personal life. I'm on this journey with you, so you can definitely count on my podcast to give you that weekly dose of encouragement we all need as we pursue things that make us feel our very best inside and out. Tune into the Pursuit of Wellness every week wherever you listen to podcasts. What is sort of your path? Would you think about the future and like, what is dating like for you now, especially as somebody with like this strong Tinder background? What have you sort of learned about dating? Like what has made you the dating advice girl? (laughs) Well, right now I'm in a very unique phase of my dating life. It's probably because of this whole ordeal. I am doing something that I'm calling unattached autumn. And You know, I realized that I started to use dating apps as a tool to filter people. And I talk a lot about this with my friends and on my podcast of like my type. And I think we all know our type, but I think that it's to a detriment of our dating lives. Like we Mm. are just, it's almost like, you know, like insanity is doing the same thing over again and uh, expecting a different result. Like, yeah, I just kept finding the same guy over and over again because I was using dating apps to filter. I'm like, oh, you know, I like how he's dressed. Oh, I like like the restaurants that he's at in his photos. He has witty banter, like, uh, you know, he's charming, all of that. And so I started to use them as a tool to filter and find the same exact guy over and over again. So now I'm in this like phase of unattached autumn. I'm moving to Austin for six months. I'm doing a home swap situation. Like I'm in the holiday. Like the holiday? That is so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I just like sent a message and it worked out. It just like kind of fell in my laps. And so I am now 
kind of just dating myself, but like I'm putting myself out there in situations that I wouldn't normally go mm. be in. I'm going to like, let's say I'll go to the country bar. I don't like country music, but I'm going to go to the country bar and like see who I meet there. I'm going to go sit at bars alone by myself. I'm going to go, I'm trying to do one new thing um, a month. So like, I'm going to go to a pottery class and like see what's out there for me. And I, I'm just kind of like saying yes to things that I wouldn't normally say yes to because I feel like the dating apps just weren't serving me anymore. Mm. And I think that, I think they do serve a purpose. I'm not here to bash dating apps if you're using them in the right way. And I think mm. that we've stopped using them in the right way. And so, you know, I'm just like taking a step away. What is something that you see as a green flag in a dating app? As somebody who's seen probably so many profiles and has worked in that world, and you've probably seen so many red flags and so many green flags, tell me about what your just like general opinion is on what is what. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that I used to get the ick from, which is like so tw 20s girl. I like if someone said that they were open to or looking for only like a serious relationship, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> oh, oh, a serious relationship, it's thirsty, desperate. That is a green flag. Like if mm. someone is saying on a dating app that they are looking for a serious relationship, that is like the only person you should swipe on. Yeah. <laughs> because the other people, if they're on a dating app just to find a hookup, like, you know, that just shows they're going to they're going to mess with you. If, if that's what you're looking for. I think that's a green flag. I think someone I think like overposed photos on a straight male is kind of a, a red flag to me. Mm. So Photos with like a dog are so cute for a yeah. guy. And I think that like no group photos, that's like super important. And I love like I, I love like witty responses or I even like have seen Hinge has the, the voice prompts now. Oh my and, God, like, yes. I saw yeah. that too. It's so yeah. fun. So fun. And like when people use like music involved in it, like I've seen like cute ones. Those are like my green flags. But honestly, like maybe I'm like the wrong person to ask right now because I'm so like my mentality is so off the apps. Yeah, that's so fair. I think it's so interesting because I ended up dating or I ended up meeting my husband at work. So I didn't ever go into like, besides like some DMs, like I never really went into like the dating app world, but I'm always like chatting with my friends about it. And I always find it so fascinating because it's really hard to, well, first of all, I feel like guys don't often have really great photos of themselves. Mm -mm. So then we're like, like, when would they get great photos? Like there is no, we're, we're good at taking good photos of each other and of ourselves, but we're not doing that for the guys that often it's yeah. hard to get that, like a really great photo of them. So I immediately am like, you're judging on looks, but that's hard. Like you don't even know if, what kind of photos, like often have sunglasses on, they don't know how to be in a picture. But yeah. secondly, like, how can you read the two things that are most important? to me, which is energy and humor. Those two things are like peak importance to me. And that would be yeah. so hard to read off an app, which is like why I think your approach is really interesting where you have done the dating apps. Now you're integrating some like real life scenarios, which thank God COVID is like in an endemic now. So you can actually go and do that because for three years, I think a lot of people didn't even really have yeah. a shot at that. But the yeah. fact that you can now go and create like real life scenarios where it's, not the online isn't real. You know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, the energy of somebody or their humor or their candor or the way that they like open a door or not. I mean, it was interesting. I was on a flight this week and this guy, this guy beside me was like, 
he was older and he was like really, really, really hitting on me. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like I literally have a ring on. Like this is so weird. But yet in the moment of like getting off the plane, I was struggling with my bag and he walked away. And I was like, what? Like you're like immediately, like if I were interested in you, I'm not anymore. Like these yeah. are things that we need real life interactions with to like yes. see how that like, who are you actually besides like your words of just hitting on somebody? Like it has to be more than that. And I do, I'm interested because there's been so many of my friends in the dating world and they're like, it's hard to find people who are interested in being serious anymore. So I love that you called out that it's actually not an ick when somebody says they want a serious relationship. It can be a good thing, even if, well, as long as you're looking for that too. Yeah. And something I talk about with my friends is like, the, first of all, the ick is like such a defense mechanism. But mm. I like, if you think about your new like friends or someone you've met, you know, like later in life, I give so much more leeway to my friends on little things. Like, I don't know if they don't chew the right way or if they like hold their fork and knife the wrong way. I'm like, I love you. You're my friend. Mm -hmm. I love you so mm -hmm. much. But we are willing to, on a first date, cancel someone. We're never going to see them again for the way that they held their fork. And that mm -hmm. that is a that is problematic behavior. Oh, that's so that's such a good call out. And I always <laughs> have loved the Charlotte storyline on Sex in the City. The fact that she searched her whole life for this like perfect type of man and fell for somebody that she was actually a little embarrassed of that was yeah. totally different than what she ever wanted. But yet she found so much fulfillment and joy with because I feel like at the end of the day, like there is the societal appearances of like or what you feel like you were supposed to have. But that doesn't mean that that's what's going to make you happy. It's just not right. Like, and I love that we're seeing more representation around like people dating shorter men and like normalizing that. Like sometimes the short guy is the great guy. Sometimes the guy in the friend zone might be the best one. Sometimes the nice guy really is the nice guy. And so it's a really interesting. I love that when we see more and more stories in media and online and just normalizing, like not having to have this like perfect mold of a human that you thought was perfect in your head being like that in many, many ways could be somebody's form of settling. Somebody who checked off all of the physical attributes that they thought they were going to marry, but ultimately led to a life of like disappointment or just like not fulfillment, right? Really going after what matters to you in the big picture, I think is like where it's at and continuing to date yourself even while in a relationship because we're all evolving, we're all changing. And I think that we have to constantly let our partners meet that version of us and grow with us. Is there anything that you feel like in this season right now as you're sort of like journaling and journeying through singledom and like going through this like big life change and stuff, is there anything that you feel has been so important for you to learn that you will carry with you into a relationship? That I just can't control the outcomes. I think it's mm. like you just don't know. I think that the the most important like lesson for me throughout all of this is I remember telling my like seventh grade English teacher, like, yeah, I'm going to get married and have two kids at 25. And now here I am at 30. And I used to think that I was going to end up with like a Jewish lawyer who was six foot and this and that. And like, I realized that I was unfulfilled by that. So I just mm -hmm. don't know, but I take trust in the process of as I'm filling my cup, as I'm doing the journaling, as I'm doing the meditating, I'm moving, I'm spending time with friends, people who just like fill me up. I know that it'll all happen as it's supposed to. And I like trust in that process. Mm. And it's and and that is like, it's so much easier to live life that way because 
you don't have to freak out. Like if if it doesn't work out with someone and they ghost you, no problem. That means that someone better's around the corner. And I, I just think that like releasing the control of our dating lives and enjoying the process and enjoying the ride is so much more fulfilling. Yeah. And ghosting sucks. Like, I think it's okay to say that it sucks, but also it's like anybody who's willing to ghost you is not it. So it's like, it is sort of like the grief of like, wow, I thought this was going to go another direction. But at the end of the day being like, but I'm thankful that they showed their colors early enough that I don't have to be with somebody who's willing to do that. I have a friend who is in a three year long relationship and they got up and left her and ghosted. And I was like, are you okay? And she was like, I'm just glad that they showed me who they were. And I was, and she was like, I just don't ever want to be with anybody who'd get up in the night and leave me. And I was like, God, that takes a certain level of self-assurance. And I think that's why, again, what you do is really important because life might shake you. We might go through different stages of grief and loss with love at any single point. But to feel like your life is meaningless or to be told that it is because you don't have this quote unquote cookie cutter relationship going on is such a farce, is such a lie. And it's just something to keep us living small and living in the re- uh, it, living in a world that many of us don't want to participate in. And it's totally okay if like you're still in exactly the cookie cutter and you're so, so fulfilled. It's just, that doesn't mean that that's the case for everyone. And I think it's also important to call out that I think that it's a big reason that a lot of people end up in abusive relationships and don't know how to get out because they don't know how to break through that mold. And so I I really do think that what you're doing, and you've probably gotten thousands of DMs. Have you heard a lot of things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, thank you. I feel seen. I I love you for this. So Mm. I I know like that keeps me going and keeps me through when I, and I, today, like someone told me to take care of my wrinkles. And I was like, oh, okay. Botox. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wow. (laughs) So do you still get a lot of hate messages or have they sort of eased off? They've eased off, but every now and then, and, and I, for a second, they make me question things, but I think it's only when it's, it's these like shadow thoughts I have of myself. So like, Mm. you know, you talked about weight loss. I, you know, I, I used to be overweight and like, I used to, to feel really insecure about my body. I was 208 pounds at my heaviest weight and I ended up losing 70 pounds. And I had men tell me like they didn't like how my body looked. So when people perpetuate those truths that I've worked so hard to di- dispel in my own head, they, it like gives that tinge of like, oh, shoot. But I'm like, no, you're this is someone who's on the Internet telling mm-hmm. a stranger that they need to lose weight to find a husband that says so much more about them than it does about you and your weight. Like you just keep trucking along. Yeah. My friend Alicia recently, I was listening to her keynote last Friday and she said that when people started to hate on her, she was like, there was nothing they could say or do to me that I already hadn't done to myself and fought through. And I was like, hell yeah, we've already said the worst to ourselves (laughs) in this lifetime. Like we have. So when you realize the, the power that we hold for ourselves and what a gift that is, and the fact that, you know, other people might kind of give you those like glimmer moments of, oh my God, maybe I was right all along. You, We all know the truth. We all know that it, it's true. These are just people who take joy in ripping other people apart. It's not reality. It's not everyone's opinion. And it's definitely not the opinion of somebody that you want to build life with or share dinner with. It's the opinion yeah. of somebody that you would never ask for advice from. And I always think that that's like such an important reminder when these people kind of come out of the woodworks and like to be nasty. I have really appreciated 
appreciated this conversation today. I would love for people to sort of, I think, and no matter where you are in the walk of life, checking out your content and really taking it in and exploring what it is to find fulfillment on your own. Where can everyone find you on TikTok? And do you do IG as well? Yeah. So on TikTok and Instagram, I'm PMD pod and the podcast is pretty much done everywhere you can find your podcasts. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Julia. This has been really, really great. And for everyone listening. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Thank you so much for having me on. Love this conversation and love you. Yeah. Thank you. And for everyone listening, thanks for taking time to hear another life perspective and a different life story, or maybe it is yours. So I'm going to have all the details in the show notes for you as well. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.